TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody under the sound of my voice, we'd like to welcome you to the Total Package Series. Edition 3. Chapter 3. Volume 3. Third episode? Third episode. (laughs) (laughs) Season 1, episode (laughs) 3. So, um, first and foremost, if you're listening to episode 3, thank you for listening to the first two episodes. Uh, of course, we are the OGs from the Outsider's Edge. It is Carl Irvin and myself, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. But thank you for listening again. Um, so this week, we're going to talk a little SmackDown. It's interesting that we are talking about SmackDown this week because this is Carl's favorite show, specifically because his daughter is a fan of SmackDown. You want to talk about your daughter for a second and, and her fandom? Yeah, and I I need to get her on here at some point. Like maybe maybe on the maybe on our normal show, but uh, she don't want to see yeah, me this... in this conversation because I have <laughs> some very very harsh words for my niece. But go ahead. Right, right, right. Yeah, so this is kind of um, her whole wrestling fandom kind of started with SmackDown because I. I don't have cable, so I don't typically watch Monday Night Raw live. I usually watch it the day after on Hulu, on the cut or whatever. And so I wasn't really like watching, watching, but after WrestleMania 36, actually really after we started, after we went to the Rumble and Drew won, and then COVID and all that stuff, after 36, I really kind of started, I was like, okay, well, this is kind of like unprecedented times. I'm going to throw SmackDown on more now that it's on Fox. And so I put it on Fox. And I would put it on on Friday nights, just kind of um, not even necessarily to pay much attention, almost like background noise to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. on, you know. And so I'm not even really necessarily paying attention. I kind of look up when I see guys I like or whatever. And the kid walks in and she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, well, I'm watching wrestling, you know, like I've been watching. This is I've been watching this forever. This is daddy's favorite TV show, whatever. Like, And so she just kind of like sat down and started watching with me. And then next thing you know, she's like a hardcore fan. She probably likes it more than I do. So <laughs> anyways, so that's kind of like, this is her show. And this is um, the when we've done these rankings in a lot of ways, I have kind of, even with the first two episodes, I kind of put 
a little bit of her into this because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to, my perspective as a fan has changed. I have um, gone from someone who watched it in my own vision as a younger, younger person and as an, as a jaded fan in my later years and as someone who's lost a little bit of that love for it with her watching it now, it's completely changed my perspective on how to enjoy it as a fan. I still have my feelings, you know, but at the same time, like she's kind of interjected some things that's made me look at it differently. And so now when I'm doing some of these rankings, this stuff comes out a little bit because I'm like, well, shit, like I might think this, but she's giving me this whole new vantage point. (laughs) So a lot of this, when you, when we go through some of this stuff, a lot of it has got her in mind to some degree because she can't be here to expound on the thoughts that she has. The the beauty of that in that situation you're in and your daughter is that the wonder of wrestling is best seen like most things in life through a child. We have to remember we're we're a selfish society, so we've made it about us, but wrestling was always initially catered to children. And so to see a child get into it and completely immerse themselves in the product, but view the product in the way the company wants it to be viewed and to play along the way with the stories, the way the company is telling the stories and not dissecting the stories based on how they would tell the stories. Right. Just watching it and enjoying it is really refreshing. And I'm glad you get a chance to see that. Uh, we got some issues with a couple of people that we're going to talk about in the show. <laughs> yeah. Me and her. And I can't wait for this interview. It does make perfect sense. (laughs) But um, I'd also like to, you know, the first episode to break down again, we broke down the the entire process of the show and and this idea where it came from. And we did some of the honorable mentions. And then uh, the last episode was the top 10 of Raw. I'd like to remind you guys, the honorable mentions, the, the three, the last three that didn't make it on... The SmackDown list of top 10, uh, 13 was Shinsuke Nakamura, 12 was King Corbin, and number 11 was a guy who finally got his WrestleMania moment in Cesaro. Um, and just for those of you, I'm going to tell you guys again, the criteria and the category that we broke down, we used the 10 categories we used were look, character ability, in-ring ability, specialty skills, your finishing move, your microphone work, your presence, your versatility, psychology, and your media presence. So, you ready to break down these top ten, bro? My bad. A little bit of technical difficulties there. Yes, I am ready to go. Let's rock and roll. No technical difficulties. He pressed the mute button. Number (laughs) ten. Just let me have this. (laughs) Number ten is... Probably the most excited number 10 you'll get out of all of these lists. Yeah. At number 10, we have the new SmackDown Women's Champion, the EST of WWE. We have Bianca Belair. Myself, I gave her a cumulative 86. Carl gave her a cumulative 85. And she comes in at 8.55. Oddly enough, she was tied with Cesaro, but we gave Bianca. The tiebreaker. So, yeah. What yeah. you think? So, I think it's, um, I think one is a testament to how strong the SmackDown roster is. Oh, boy. 
Because this roster, when we go through these, I'm not saying you can't argue Bianca for any of these for at least at least the top six through ten. But you absolutely are gonna be like, Well, okay. Let me say this real quick. Yeah, yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura was 13, and he got a cumulative uh, average of 8.3. On Raw, he would have been number. He would have been number eight. Yeah, yeah. So it's think it's, about that. Yeah, Bianca would have been in the top five. Yeah, they they definitely. If you look at the SmackDown, clearly, it's on the major network. It's on Fox. It's on the primetime slot. This this show has been cr- built to be the, the A show. There's no way around it. Whether anybody, there's no argument. Uh, the guys on this show and the people on this list are all top notch, world championship material. Every single one of them. I don't think you can argue a single person. But with Bianca, I think it's especially interesting as we're recording this because she's the new women's champion, and essentially. Bianca has put herself in a position where she is one of, she might be the only face champion on the entire roster at this point on the WWE roster. I'm going through the list here. U S champion is Sheamus. He's a heel intercontinental champion is Apollo. He's in a heel. Uh, Roman. He's a heel. Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Yeah. He's a heel. The tag team champions, both teams. Heels, the women's tag team champion, the smack, the raw women's champion. I think Rhea, I'm not sure what they're doing exactly with Rhea, but she's like in that tweener category. So Bianca might be the only true white meat baby face that you have on any of these shows. It's crazy. It is crazy. And it's, it goes back to my point of no happy mania from <laughs> when we talk, but I think it says a lot about this roster and and um, how much faith they have in her to be a huge star. Because if you're the one and only face of the company at the moment, that's a lot. That's a that's a big burden when you're talking about a company that is traditionally, you know, the biggest names of the company are traditionally faces. You know, so you know yeah. the interest- the interest, the interesting thing to me about her in in a competition, not competition, but in a series like this, is that these things normally behoove the people who have done it for a long time, because they have the longevity and we have the we have the memories of things they did that will help them ex- excel in this. Right, certain categories that you need to be a uh, pardon the pun, but a grizzled young veteran to to have. Psychology sure. and presence and things of that nature. Yeah, Bianca still is figuring this out. Yes. So like, she could be in a few years. So she's already undeniable. She's already a star, and she's still learning the business. She's been doing this for five years, and she didn't grow up as a wrestling fan. This isn't like this wasn't her life's dream. She fell into this, so it's reasonable. And feasible to think if we do this two, three years down the road, she could be the overall number one in the entire company. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at our top ten, and I'm not giving any names away. But like, 
you mentioned she kind of fell into this. And a lot of these people on this list, this is all they ever wanted to do. You know, like you kind well, of go up through some of these and it's. <laughs> well, with, with seven of the three is all, this is all they wanted to do. And one of the two, and one of them is clearly Roman. Roman's in the top 10. I don't think that's a spoiler. Right. Roman may not have grown up wanting to do this, but he grew up knowing he was probably going to be a part of the business at some point. Absolutely. Sure. So, so I think we should probably start maybe getting into um, some of the single categories with Bianca and maybe where we differ a little bit. I've got my numbers up. I know you've got there's yours. There's not much differing between me and you on these top 10, brother. I know. It's kind this of is drastically. Right? Well, no, because this, you said yourself. Well, number one, you changed your scoring a little bit between this and Raw. So I appreciate you for that. Well, to be fair, SmackDown's the better show, so it's easier to give higher grades. That's you know? There you go. That's a great point. Um, also, I think SmackDown has, not only is a better show, but has the more consistent performers. Okay. And so it's uh, that also, consistency is a big thing with, I mean, again, we broke down these categories. You have categories like, character ability and in-ring ability and microphone work and presence in psychology, that's all consistency. Yeah. You know? And so I'm not surprised our top 10, honestly, you can go down to 15, all excel in these, in a lot of these categories. The worst category that I gave Bianca, the lowest I gave her was a seven in psychology. And that's because she don't know it yet. And she got a seven already. I gave her a seven in psychology as well. Um, and I, that was tied for my lowest with her with in-ring ability, which I kind of a little bit work hand in hand. Uh, if you if I was to regrade it, I would probably give her a lot higher score right now because after what she showed me at WrestleMania, and I knew she was capable, but they really showcased her and what she was capable of so much more in-ring at WrestleMania, I thought. And and to be honest with you, I, I would rate her higher in psychology if we were going forward, just based, based off, off the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. And the hair and all that stuff. Like I really feel like that's why I was so like we talked about this on the Outsider's Edge. Um I was so enamored with that match and why it meant so much to me and why it was my favorite match of the weekend, because it really drove home all that emotional investment I'd already put into her and you just go through some of this stuff and you're like, well, all of a sudden, you know, if we were regrading this right now, I don't know how she might be a lot further up on my list. Well, so that's, it's funny you say that because I, I agree with the premise, but I disagree with the process because the beauty of this list is it's supposed to be about consistency. Yeah. And unfortunately, while she's been booked to perfection through her WrestleMania run and I'll even I'll stretch it to to the Rumble, even though between the Rumble and now we had some downs. But largely, her tenure on the main roster has been mediocre at best, and it's not her fault. It's basically no. the situation she's been put in. And I, I again, I'm you know I'm a diehard NXT fan. That match on as WrestleMania was something she re, was a match straight out of her WrestleMania playbook, out of her NXT playbook. So if if she if this we go straight from NXT to call up to to Royal Rumble to Mania, she might be in the nines. 
But because of that inconsistency between debut and the Rumble, yeah, the psychology wasn't strong because she didn't show much in psychology. Yeah, the in-ring ability may not have shown itself as be as high as she's probably worthy of because she didn't show it. And I didn't want, I didn't, I can't speak to you. I didn't do my list and, you know, we can move on if you want. I didn't do my list based on what I know them to be. Because it was what I know them to be. How many of these people would have tens in in-ring ability? Because you know what they can do. Sure. It's what they've been doing. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, a lot of my lists kind of, a lot of my lists, I'm one of these people, like when I do, if you ever do like any kind of like assessment where it's like, you know, score from one to five. A lot of my stuff is very in the moment, what I'm feeling at the time. Okay. Uh, so we're, you know, that, that that's kind of like, so it can change at any given moment. Uh, and I think that kind of helps the list a little bit because we're still going to fall generally in the same idea when you get to the top echelon of uh, performers. But I, I think it definitely could affect, like, that's why I said, you know, like right now, if I was to regrade this, I think Bianca's scores would be a lot different. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're going to find out. Like, I think I think 10 is a good spot for her because, like I said, this list is strong. It's a strong top 10. And also, she's now in a in a prove-it stage because she's, she's, she's taken the journey to the top, but now you're at the top. So what do you do when you're at the top? How do you make it better? Because the one thing that's always great about, you know, people who have never been champion before is you get to enjoy the chase. But when you're at the top, it's completely different. How do you maintain a guy like Roman Reigns, who's right now at the top? He's continued to prove week in and week out that he should be there and people should be chasing him. And so I guess the question now is, can someone, can Bianca do the same and make it work for us week in and week out as we go forward? Some wrestlers are better at the chase. Yes. Some wrestlers are better at being the chasee. Yeah, some wrestlers are are and the 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 legendary ones are the ones that can do both. Yeah, and so I guess we'll find out, right? With Bianca, we will here. we will find out. And the beauty of this list is there are quite a, a couple of women on this list, so that's <laughs> yeah, that's foreshadowing. But moving on to number nine, we have another guy. This is probably the only other person on this list that didn't grow up wanting to do this. Now, again, that's not saying he didn't grow up being a wrestling fan. He just had another path to the business and has become one of the fan favorites in the entire company. And probably the guy, a lot of people, a lot of people are, are hoping will end the reign of the head of the table. I'm speaking about the former Intercontinental Champion and former, new, well, current New Day member, but former 15,000-time tag champ, however many tag reigns they got. <laughs> speaking of Big E. Yeah. I gave Big E a cumulative 87. Carl gave him a cumulative 86. Gives him an average of 8.65. Big E's the man. I, I, and dare I say, we might have undersold Big E a bit. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. And once again, I say, you know, like, <laughs> you go through this list and you could, I feel like you could just argue so many guys. And especially in this bottom six to ten, just well, interchangeable almost in a lot of ways. Let me jump in here because I know we're going to disagree. I love Big E. 
I love Biggie. In fact, when we did this the last time through a column version, Biggie was one of the few tag wrestlers we put in. And Biggie, I think I ranked him maybe in my top 10 then. Right. He's only better now. I don't know why, but to me, and what hurt him, and I feel bad looking back on this, because there's what you think you'll do, and then when you're thinking about it, it's what you actually do. Biggie did not get 110 for me. Biggie was a a consistent eight and nine on everything, and so maybe that's what what. And we're on this, we're we're a point away, so we're on the same page with our thought process. But like, I gave him an Aiden look because his look is good, but it ain't great. I gave him an Aiden character ability, only because there have been some fluctuations on can he be the serious guy, and he showed a lot more in the in Apollo Cruz. But I'd like to see a little more, ver- and I know this is this sounds really probably a bit disrespectful based on his what he's done. I, right. I just want to see more from a man. But a nine in in-ring ability, a nine in specialty skills, a nine in finishing move, a nine in mic work, a nine in presence, a nine in media presence. Like I gave the man great scores, but could do do you see this? Do you see Biggie as a jack of all trades, a master of none? Man, that's a really good question. So I will say I gave him a 10 in two categories. I'm looking at my okay. scores here. I gave him a 10 in specialty skills. And okay. mostly because I, I gave him a 10. The power game is with Big yeah. E, there's one thing. If there's one thing you can you know about Big E, you can throw your ass around that ring. <laughs> He's a strong <laughs> man and he can he can beat you up. And that's I gave him I'm, and I may have given I may have been a little bit nicer in media presence. I gave him a 10. A lot of that is because of how big the new day has become. They have their own podcasts. Um, you know, he's been part of up, up, down, down. He's, he's doing the show, the black hero show. Like he's doing like, you know, I'm ahead. sorry. I, I don't mean no, to know, but no, no, that's, not at all. Go ahead. the black heroes rock is probably my biggest regret because I wasn't thinking about that. I would have gave him a 10. So, and that's okay. Like I'm, I'm just going through some of these, but see where you gave him nines and some other spots. I gave him like a seven in psychology or a seven in versatility, you know, and nine is pretty much everywhere else. But Big E is, I don't know if I would, I think you might be a little bit right about the jack of all trades, master of none. However, the more, I feel like WWE is putting him in the position to where he can be the master of some of this stuff. Like for mm-hmm. instance, this is, this is uh, just something I've kind of like, this is post WrestleMania. You know you have to be somewhat important if the WWE says, all right, we're going to get Wale to sing your theme song, okay? Mm -hmm. They've got things, they've got important, big things in store for Big E. So in, like, in a lot of ways, like, yeah, his look is, you gave him an eight on look, right? I gave him a nine. Okay, but how does it look when this guy is singing your theme song at the biggest show of the year? Like, that is part of the look a little bit or part of the presence, maybe to some sure, degree. sure. Both probably, I would imagine. So I think that there there's some there's improvement. Obviously, there's room for improvement. You're number nine on the list. This is our list, you know, but <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you're probably right in your in your assessment there that master or jack of all trades, master of none, but we're not far off from him being possibly, like you said, someone who could possibly dethrone the tribal chief. You know, the thing I love that what WWE is doing about Biggie, 
is something that they rarely ever do. And that is they are not blowing their load early. Slow burn. They are they are slow burning the shit out of Big E's face run. And I think it's fantastic because too often WWE gives somebody gives somebody everything immediately. Yeah. And then there's nowhere else to go. Bianca might have might have a concern about that. Sure. Rhea Ripley, maybe. Rhea too. first first match on the main roster and she yeah. wins the Royal Rumble Championship. Yeah. So, you know, so to see a guy like Big E, who's did it the traditional way, I, I came in, I was a singles guy, didn't work. I did a tag team forever. Naturally transitioned out of the tag team and started from the bottom and gradually got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I got a mid-card title reign and had a very good and long feud and dropped it. Like, it, it's, it's very sequential. So you, I think you're right. I think that they are building him, and I think again next we do this again next year. He, I don't know if it'll be higher, but I, I think his scores will go up. Yeah, and just to kind of wrap, to kind of wrap it up with Big E, I think the interesting thing here is that like, you know, we a lot of people have already saw in Big E big things, um, which is funny. Think big, right? <laughs> but like the thing about the thing about Big E is like we talked about the slow burn. There were people who were ready to be like, push Big E to the tip top now. Let's mm-hmm. do it now. But He was a favorite at the Rumble. Absolutely. And it's okay that it hasn't gone that way. It's perfectly fine. Because you've got a great top champ who can run with anybody on the roster and have a feud with anybody. And Big E right now, you let him work in the mid card where he's working with t- amazing performers. Apollo Crews, Cesaro, Shinsuke Nakamura, anybody. Like he's uh, he's in a good space where he can continue to get better at his craft, work his character, and create like um, a following almost, you know. And it doesn't ever feel like you're not you're missing the. It doesn't feel like you're missing the boat with him. Like you know, if for instance, remember when Braun Strowman? It felt like at a certain point it was time to strike while the iron was hot with him when Lesnar was was struck. Yeah, it was never struck. You don't feel like that with Big E. Everything feels like it's going at the exact pace it should go. They built it in a manner where it's like, yeah, this works for me. And I think that's where they're going, and I agree with you. I think this time next year he may not be much higher, but he might have a uh, universal championship reign by then. Who knows? Uh Uh-oh. Well, you spoke of the Tribal Chief, and you spoke of, um, speaking of him, I want to speak about a guy who probably gave him Tribal Chief and the world, the best feud of 2021 so far. And I want to speak about the prize fighter himself, Kevin Owens. Um, so first off, let me say I gave him a cumulative 88. You gave him a cumulative 87. That's an average of 8.75. But more importantly, I want to say in the last total package series we did, Kevin Owens was our number one guy in the yeah. entire company. So... I don't I don't think the slide is so much his fault. And I don't think the slide means he's worse. I just think everybody else has gotten better. Yeah, and 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 to be honest with you guys, I mean, Kevin Owens remains probably my favorite male wrestler in the WWE running for a while. I just everything about him is believable. You know, when, oh, you, when you, yeah. Great word. Great yeah. word. Yes. Everything about him is believable. There's 
he's just he's an everyman. That's the word I like. That's like to me, that's the word, the perfect thing for him. He's an everyman kind of guy. Like he does it for his family. He does it because he's a prize fighter. Like the dude can't miss on the mic. He's a great promo. He's a great wrestler. For someone that has his physique, you know, mm-hmm. we know that like you wouldn't think he'd be able to do some of the things he's capable of. He and he will do anything. Like he wants to jump off the sh- the boat at, in Tampa. You know what I mean? He wants to do the crazy stuff. Um, you know, Kevin to me like. If you could just, if you said, hey, Carl, no rankings, you can't rank anything, blah, 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 blah. Who's like the perfect wrestler? Kevin Owens is someone I'm considering pretty quick okay. because he can do just about it. The only thing that hurts Kevin, I think, seriously, and I don't, I, I probably didn't even really, I'm looking at my, looking at my scores here. Yeah. Is his look, right? I gave him a seven. He doesn't necessarily look the part. Mm-hmm. He just looks like a, he looks like a guy, you know, he just kind of looks like a guy. But when you start breaking down all the other things he's capable of character ability, in-ring ability, finishing move, which the stunner will always work for you. The microphone work. I mean, the guy is just, there's nothing he's bad at. And I think there's just, um, like you said, the roster has just gotten so strong that he slid. It doesn't mean that he's not, when we talk about this, like we talk about the total package, that's not to say that these guys aren't the total package. It just means some are a little bit more of a package than others. <laughs> yes. <you know>? Yes. <laughs> so there's no bad. There's there's nobody's worse than the other. Is absolutely. Yeah, I and I think Evan, I think Owens is a total package guy. Um, just maybe not so much as the rest of the people on the list. That's all. So, quick question for you. Because he fell off, and you actually addressed it, so I'm pretty sure I know the answer you're going to give me. But since he went from one overall to eight on his own show, what is it that you think he can improve on? Is it simply just his look? I think his look would help him. Um, And I think, I mean, I just, I don't know that there's much he can really do outside of like whatever booking the creative gives him. Because I feel like anything they give him, he's going to knock it out of the park. You know, so far. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure necessarily. I think it more has to do with where do they value him in terms of placement. The one thing about wrestlers like Kevin Owens, it, it reminds me of someone like Sami Zayn, Cesaro, guys like that. Is sometimes you're too good for your own damn good. It's like you know that's, you're so that's true. Yeah, you're so good. Like we don't want to put you in the top spot because we want you to make everyone else look great all the time. And he's I'll give you of doing that. I'll give you a guy who's like that and. Fans are going to groan, but it's a fact. As Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Dolph Ziggler in any other company would be a five, six-time world champion. But he's <laughs> so good at his job that there's no reason to give him a main event run. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, you want to know who number seven is, Carl? I would love to know who number seven is. Ding dong. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite catchphrase in, in the entire business right now. We got the Karen herself. We got the role model, Bad Bailey. Um, I gave her a 90. That goes to show you how high I am on Bailey. Yeah. I'll give her an 87, cumulative 8.85. I want to bloviate a bit about Bailey because I think Bailey may have had the best 2020 of any professional wrestler in the entire wrestling business. Do it. Bloviate. Bailey. I remember when Bailey got called up. 
Bailey was the last of the four horsemen to get called up. And I remember you telling me personally that Bailey was the most important wrestler in the business to you at the moment. Yeah, that's true. Because she made you feel something that nobody else made you feel, especially being a father. And I understood that. I, enjoying Bailey's run in NXT and being an NXT fan and knowing greatness when you see it, appreciated her and loved her. But I knew there was going to be a problem. And the problem was that, you know, that um, I'm a fan just like you guys and I love everybody. Let's give everybody a hug gimmick works when you're around 500 people. When you're around 15,000, it don't work yeah. the same. And it worked. They, they got about as much out of it as they could have. But you always looked at her and knew she'll never be as big as Sasha, Charlotte, and Becky. Especially yeah. when Becky became the man. And then she chopped her hair. She destroyed the Bailey Buddies. And she changed her music and her entire attitude. And she became the most valuable player towards MVP in wrestling. And I want to say, the, it, this is a Usos level glow up. This is a Moxley level glow up. And that she transported herself already a multiple time women's champion, already the, the holder of the greatest, great, greatest women's match of all time, already defending, a, breaking the streak of, of uh, Charlotte at, at, uh, at um, pay-per-views and defending her championship at a WrestleMania. She jumped to another stratosphere. And I think that the year she had clearly is is evidenced by this list nine in look 10 in character ability nine in ring ability eight in specialty skills because she's not she's she's a jack of all trades master yeah. in the ring in the ring for sure yeah uh and the finishing move because the rose plan is getting there and it's better than the, if she would if it still would have been the belly the belly she'd have got a damn two i hate right. to fucking move but a 10 in mic work because she's she's become a master on the mic. She's grown her presence. She gets a 9 on presence. A 10 in versatility because she went from being one of the most loved baby faces ever to one of the most hated heels in a matter of months. 9 in psychology, a 9 in media presence. Dare I say Bailey might be the perfect pro wrestler. I would I could I can absolutely get with you on that. And it's funny because the trajectory of Bailey it if 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 the wrestling audience is what I wish and hope them to be, Bailey has the potential to be the biggest when it's time. She has the potential to be the biggest face of the women's division, possibly ever. And the reason why I say that is because she That's has big. It reminds me to a lesser degree, and. For the love of God, when I say this, people who are listening, you two rants, don't, don't, this is just you like, say just, it's like the rock, huh? Yeah, because <laughs> there's the, there's the problem with the rock, right? He come out and it's like, oh, or die, Rocky, die, right? So what do you do? It's not working. It's not really resonating like you thought it would. What do you do? You make him a shithead. <laughs> you turn him into a <laughs> shithead. And that's what they did with Bailey, Right. And they're really, they leaned into, they cut, she cut off her hair, you know, like, I mean, that's dedication to the craft. 
and, yeah. and you're out there slashing up the Bailey buddies. But eventually, there's going to come a time when it's time for Bailey to to make that next step. And the thing about wrestling is, if you really want to be one of the greats, you have to be a great face. You just have to. And I think that with Bailey, the potential is there. I don't know what that stupid idiot Michael Cole would think, but <laughs> I just feel like Bailey has that that it's a potential that's that I don't see in some of the others. Like. I love Charlotte, right? She's probably my favorite of the four horsewomen. The thing about Charlotte is she's just a natural heel. She's a flair, you know? Sasha, kind of the same way. She's a, she, Sasha may not be there very much much longer because she's a superstar. Yeah. Becky, you know, like Becky's kind of a natural face. I just, there's things of, like Bailey seems to be, in my opinion, the only one of the two that has been able to master both sides. And so you kind of get that feeling that if any of the four, the only one of the four who hasn't made a bit of a WrestleMania yet, by the way, could make that leap, it could be Bailey. And I could be wrong. You know, I understand it's very hard in this business to do that. But I'm just going through some of these Bailey scores here, you know. I gave her a 10 on character ability like you did. I wasn't as nice to her on some things. 10 on versatility, um, you know, media presence, 8, psychology, 9. The only thing I really, I gave her a, her lowest score was a seven on specialty skills. Same thing we talked about, you know, she's kind of a jack of all trades, but she has that potential. And I think part of it, I'm definitely a little biased when I rank Bailey because she's absolutely means a lot to me as a professional, as as a wrestler, as a fan. But I don't know, man, I just get, I get good feelings from her and I'm, she was absolutely the MVP of 2021 in my opinion. I would have the PWI 500 came out. I probably would have had her as a number one wrestler just she for was. everything that she did for the women. all around for the women. So they don't for do the all women. around. They do yeah, men, yeah. they do men and women, but That's they, right. they allowed women in the, in the men's for the women that do intergender wrestling. Okay. 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 So I feel like she got the props and we'll just see what happens from here. Yeah. I love me some Bailey. Um, so basically what Carl's telling you all is WrestleMania 38 in Dallas main event by Bailey versus Tessa Blanchard. There you go. No Tessa Blanchard, please. <laughs> I'm thinking who else can they bring to the main event of Bailey, right? It's gotta be somebody new now. Uh, um, okay. Well, so it, some people would think me bringing up Tessa Blanchard is part of a conspiracy. Oh, God. Uh, You like that journalism? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Very well done. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad, I know. Yeah, it's Um, It's fine. (laughs) Number six is the great liberator himself, Sami Zayn. Um, Sami Zayn and Bayley, their their paths run very similar. We'll get to that in a second. I'll explain that to you and give it to you. But to give you the numbers, I gave Sami Zayn also a cumulative 90. Carl gave him an 88. Just a hair over Bailey with the average of 8.9. Let me explain my point, and I want to throw it to you. Sami Zayn's babyface run may be one of the greatest babyface runs in the history of the business. I don't, I, that's, I, I don't think... Sami Zayn, Johnny Gargano, and Daniel Bryan were the three most perfect babyfaces that ever existed. And all three had to turn heel to get their respect. <laughs> 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 Maybe not so much Bryan. 
but Gargano and 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 uh, Sammy definitely had. But very similar to to Bailey, Sammy was adored, adored. Sammy had big moments. That match of Battleground against Kevin Owens when he finally beats him is one of the best matches you'll ever see in WWE of the past ten years. Yeah, but just couldn't get over the hump. Almost got lost in the shuffle because. He was so good at being a babyface, much like Bailey, and he had to completely turn cricket. Now, what I love about Sammy, much like I love about Bailey, is he didn't just turn heel and I'm gonna be the same dude. He turned heel and has progressed into a, a level of QAnon level, <laughs> just craziness that is so impressive. That you almost wonder if the guy is batshit insane in real life. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that's funny because like the, the the crazy thing about Sammy is if you've ever like if you follow him on Twitter, like Sammy Zayn is like one of the legitimately great human beings in the wrestling business. Yeah, like legitimately, like there is there might not be there are very few guys that do what he does are as outspoken as he is, and the fact that like he can be this amazing person in real life. And it's what they always say. The the nicest people are the best bad guys. I remember this is a little bit of a, this is kind of not off topic, but it's kind of in the same vein when it comes to character work, the show, the office, if you've ever Mm -hmm. watched the office, uh, Jim was like Jim and Pam, that whole story was like, Jim was like this great guy, blah, 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 blah. And she was engaged initially in the show to a guy named Roy. Well, John Krasinski, the actor that plays Jim in the show, is like Roy was like the perfect bad guy because he's like the best person in real life. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the best humans are just so good at being bad guys. And Sammy has excelled in so many ways. And I think he's channeled his real life leanings into mm-hmm. this conspiracy theory character that he's portraying on television. And I just, you know, he's, I mean, you say what you will about Sammy. He's a great worker. No doubt about it. Great on the microphone. I mean, he's, all those things are givens. You know, the, the thing about SmackDown, the one thing about this show is there are so many people on this show that have a 10 in the wrestling side of things that you have to start picking things apart to separate yeah. the scores. Yep. And the things that hurt Sammy, I mean, really, you're probably talking about things like look. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, just nitpicky things, specialty skills. He's a jack of all trades, you know, like stuff like that. Well, he's actually he when he's allowed to be, he's one of the most technically technically proficient guys in, in the business. That's fair. But the Haluva kick got to go. That is a setup move. That cannot be your finish. As a matter of fact, I don't know why the blue thunder bomb isn't the finisher. It should be the other way around, maybe, you know? Hey, maybe, but we've seen the Blue Thunder Bomb a lot. Cena used to do it all the time before the yes, attitude adjustment. That's true. Well, that's before true. the uh, before the five duckle shuffle. So it it's in canon as as a setup. Um that if you knew Sami Zayn as I'm sorry, they're not they're they're not the same person at all. If you knew Errol Generico's finishing moves. Clearly, you understand why they can't be done in WWE. <laughs> Sami Zayn can't be hitting the brain bust, brain buster on people in WWE. But he'll that, hit it in a match with Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I, well, he when when he had him when he had him at, 
when Ke- Kevin when he flipped it, I thought Sam was gonna hit him with the with the brain buster, and I was right. like, I'm going to scream if he does this, <laughs> like I screamed when he hit um, Breeze with the Orange Crush whatever move he hit, that he, whatever it's called, at the takeover that one time. But anyway, Sam is fantastic. The, he had a seven and finishing move for me. Other than that, eights, nines, and tens. Um, he gets a better finishing move. <laughs> that might that might throw him up a couple spots. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. All right, so re- to go over that six, you, number ten is your SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair. Number nine is Big E. Number eight is Kevin Owens. Number seven is Bad Bailey. Not to be confused with Bad Bunny. By the way, if we redid this Bad Bunny, all tens. And <laughs> <laughs> number six, Sami Zayn. Let's move on to number five, sir. Yeah, we're on number five. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. We're in the top five now. We're this is this is the cream of the crop right here. I I think anybody, if you're playing along at home, even if we didn't tell you, we've told you six to thirteen over the course of these shows. But even if we didn't, all of you could have guessed the five, I believe. I feel like all of you could have guessed the top five. This might be the only person where if you weren't, if you were just guessing with no knowledge, might not have made the top five based on some of the other people. But this is the only person, uh, in my opinion. And you think you know him. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's only going to get worse, y'all. That that was actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Thank you, sir. The rated R superstar. I miss Tony Chimmel. Edge clocks in at number five. And I love the past five, the past three. They all get nineties from me, but they you give them one incremental point. <laughs> Bailey was a was a I gave Bailey a ninety, you gave her eighty seven. I gave Sammy a ninety, you gave him an eighty eight. I give Edge a ninety, you give Edge an eighty nine. Eight point <laughs> five. Talk to me about Edge and I really want you to break down to me the differences between younger edge and old edge, because clearly if this was younger, more in shape rated R superstar back in at the top of his game edge, it would be a different score and a different listing than it is now that he's grizzled old man edge. Talk to me about that. Well, I think older edge, the one thing that helps older edge is at the very least when you have that, when you are a grizzled, old veteran there are some things that you already are good at and you can expand on his wrestling skills have probably diminished to some degree but you can build on things that he was already great at great promo (laughs) nobody's cutting there's very few people that can cut a promo like edge right character ability obviously it goes hand in hand in, in, in a lot of ways um one thing about that about edge that was always great and has maybe even gotten better is his expressions in the ring, the way he, his facial expressions, the way he sells things, the way he makes you believe. Um, I was so impressed, and I love that this is a little bit, like we're recording these kind of post-WrestleMania, but I was so impressed with his final promo leading up to WrestleMania. Just everything he said, you're listening and you're like, damn, you know, like, it's all he wanted to do. You know, this is all I've ever wanted to do. I, this was taken from me. I never gave it up. That kind of thing. 
the difference obviously is that he's a little bit more slowed down mm-hmm. and that's just, and that it's not his fault. It's just age. He's 51 or something like that. Like that's just, it's just age catching up with you, you know, but to still be a, the top five guy on the best show in the company at that age says a lot about how great he is. You know, we're talking 10 years ago. This guy is probably the number one guy on the list. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just, there's no other way around it. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I think if we're doing a list like this that breaks down category by category, he'd be number one over John Cena. Yes. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, What's interesting to me about Edge is I think the one thing that slows him down a bit, of course, we're, we're speaking, we, we know clearly he's not the guy he used to be. But it's funny because him being an older dude, and he uses it effectively, but media presence probably hurts him it concerned in, in, in contrast to a lot of these younger guys because he's not of the Twitter era, right? He's not a guy who's probably thinking when I'm bored, oh, I need to tell people what I'm doing like a lot of these other guys do, you know? Right, yeah. Um. So, like, I gave him an aid in that regard. What did you give him? In media media presence? presence? That's a good question. I have to go back and look at it real quick. I don't know. I'm going to see. I gave him a seven. So I'm saying? Yeah, it's probably pretty fair, I would assume. I think it's very fair, but I'm just thinking if this edge was 15 years younger, that would have gone up, I'm, I'm most assuredly, because it probably means it probably means more to him as more important. Yeah, he still he, uses it to some degree. A lot of it is fan interaction and yes, stuff like that. Yes. More so than anything else. I'm glad you brought up fan interaction because may I move on to the next person? Yeah. This next young man, and I I mean young loosely, probably has the biggest and most most pointed fan reaction in the entire WWE. We're talking about the leader of the Yes Movement and the scoundrel of WWE, forever be known as the scoundrel <laughs> who almost ruined WrestleMania. We're talking about, look, I'll be, ain't no, ain't no laughing. We we tell the truth here. We're talking about Daniel Bryan. Now, this might be the only one in this entire list that we are exactly the same on. Both you and I. Gave Daniel a cumulative 91. Yes. Daniel Bryan clocks in at a 9.1 average. Daniel Bryan is no longer a B-plus player. He's in the A-plus range. A-minus. Nines and above. Just got it. Just got to shit on the boys some more. <laughs> just a little bit. I mean, you just called him a scoundrel. He, you know, he, I'm, look, he's a, you could be a scoundrel and an A-plus player. Jack Sparrow's a scoundrel, but he's an A-plus Sparrow. He's an A-plus That's player. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what like I don't know what there much there is to say about Daniel Bryan because we've been following this guy's journey for so long now, you know. I got it. Okay, I got I got a question for you. Yeah. Again, we spoke about how this is about consistency, right? And we spoke about how this is based on so much. Of this is a lot of this is based on we know who, what they are, but based on what are they doing currently. If this, if we did this list in the midst of Captain Planet Daniel Bryan's run, would he be higher or lower? Man, that's tough. Um, 
I gotta say he would probably be higher because based on the top three that we have right now, um, there's one guy in particular that I'm looking at and I'm like, the character ridiculousness is on the same level. And so I'm thinking, well, probably higher. I think he would probably be a little bit higher. This character probably better than you know some of these other guys that are towards the top. So, so you gave Daniel Bryan a seven in look. You gave him a seven in finishing move. And when you think of when you say seven in finishing move, are you speaking to the knee plus? Or are you speaking to the yes lock? Knee plus. I wasn't really thinking about the yes lock so much. And I'm not a huge submission move as a finisher type. Uh, for some people, it's fine, but the knee is kind of whatever to me. Like I don't really like doesn't do much for me. But um, you, you, so a big part of the reason why the knee works for so many people one is because he's a small guy, he can hit the knee on anybody, and it's a great look, especially when he hits with the slow yes chat. Second thing is, so many of us that are fans of Japanese wrestling, Kenta did the Busiaku knee and made that one of the biggest finishers in in Japan. So to see Daniel bring it to WWE was a big deal. Um, But I'd be interested really to see, maybe one of these days we'll do this list, but we'll do it at their biggest point and see who's the greatest of all time. Uh, Yeah, I would love to do that, actually. That might be be tough. I don't know where he would fall, but that would definitely be difficult for sure. He'd be in the list. He'd be on the list, though, I would imagine. Yeah, I think he would, too. So I want to transition here to number three. And here's a person who definitely could be number one on any category, on any show, at any time. And I think the best description of this person is what Triple H said about them on Twitter post-WrestleMania, and that's general. I'm talking about the boss, the blueprint, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is in a number three. I think it's interesting to note that the only fluctuation in the next three are because of Carl. Because I gave all of the next three, your one, two, and three, all a 94, cumulatively. Carl gave Sasha a 92. Sasha clocks in at a 9.3. Talk to me. What is it about Sasha that wasn't enough or was enough? What what, what was your thought process on, on Sasha? Well, it makes her the number one woman on SmackDown uh, and the number three person on my list, period. So, like you said, you know, your top three all have the same score, and I'm the one who decided if they'd be one, two, or three or not. Um, so, so Sasha is Sasha is one of those wrestlers. Like over time, I came around on when when you talk, and it sounds ridiculous, I know, but when you talk about, I I pretty much put every woman's wrestler and how they compare to the four horsewomen at this point in time, because the four horsewomen kind of revolutionized the women's division in a lot of ways. Sure. And Sasha was the only one who probably didn't resonate with me as much as the rest. And take from that what you will. I'm sure some people will read it into it the wrong way. But one thing that always kind of bugged me about Sasha is the same thing I have criticisms with a lot of wrestlers is I felt like at times she was trying to do too much. She was very willingly putting her body at risk. And as someone who cares, who really buys into the WWE style, I thought it was 
It's like you're already a star. You don't have, like, obviously everyone feels like they have something to prove, but you don't have to go so far because you're already endeared and loved by the crowd. Mm-hmm. So when I go through some of these, you know, 10 on look, 10 on character, I gave her a nine on in-ring ability, eight on specialty, a nine on finishing, but that's submissions once again, nine on microphone work, um, 10 on presence, eight on versatility, nine on psychology, 10 on media presence. Sasha is as good as they come. And I think over time I have grown to appreciate her craft. She's really honed in more on the character in a lot of ways. I feel like she really comes across as almost like the overconfident type as a heel and she's always been a great heel, but I think that's kind of what pushed her. The idea, like she's definitely enough. If you're the number one women's wrestler on SmackDown, you're pretty good. But I think there's just a lot of, um, to get to the top two with who our guys are at the top two, you know, she's close, but, um, you know, she's really come a long way for me as a performer. And I think, you asked me a year ago, Sasha might have been the number four of the four horsewomen, you know? <laughs> but now... Your, yeah. Right, mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, that's changed a lot. I'm looking at the Raw scores, and it's just completely different, you know? So, I just... I don't know. I think um, she's come a long way, and I think the sky is the limit. But I don't know how much longer we're going to have her, because she's a superstar, you know, and I think we need to enjoy her while we have her. The 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 saga of Carl and Sasha Banks is, <laughs> I mean, look, put that up there of all-time best feuds with uh, Peter Griffin and the Big Chicken, Rance versus the fans, and now Carl and Sasha. <laughs> but now, this is WrestleMania 17, and... The devil and Carl made a deal with the devil. Carl and Sasha Banks are now the two-person power trip. <laughs> the one thing that hurts Sasha Banks for me, and it's it's ironic because she is a literal, a literal global star outside of professional wrestling. Yeah, I hate her mic skills. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I hate it. So What's funny is I hated that much. for a while, but I like it now. I feel like it fits. It's the that's the reason why I didn't like it. Number one, I don't like it in general, and that's not it. That's not a heat magnet to me. But it does make sense in the context that she's playing the heel. But remember, Sasha only turned up the heelness with this Bianca turn because before that she was the lead baby on the in in, in the brand. So, uh, but it just and and then this isn't this isn't her fault because you can't help where you're born. But the Boston accent is just I just hear <laughs> Bill Burr in my head every time I hear her talking. <laughs> but she is damn near perfect. And I bring up that statement, but Triple H called her a ring general. Um, Greg DeMarco, uh, the head honcho, the big dog around here at Chair Shot. Called her the moder- called her the female Shawn Michaels, mm. because she is just a, a a savant when it comes to 
structuring matches and thinking of things nobody else would think of and doing things nobody else would do. Because that match at WrestleMania with, with Bianca was a fucking gem. Yeah, it was. Um, so, Sasha, number three on the total package list for SmackDown. You already know number number two and number one are. I'm a Shield Mark, so clearly it was going to be the Shield Boys. I'd be curious to see. We're going to do, I think, we said we're going to do Brock at the end of this on the last episode. I'd be curious because we might end up doing AEW and some other indie companies in another list, another time. But I'd be curious to see where this Roman, where this Seth, and where this Moxley, who's number one. Moxley would probably be up there because his run right now in AEW is pretty damn good, too. So, but to to finish up our list and continue our list, number two is the Monday. Well, it's not Monday no more, huh? The Friday Night Messiah, embrace the vision, Seth Rollins. Respect Again, the I, drip. Respect respect the drip. <laughs> I gave Rollins a ninety four. You gave Rollins a ninety five, and I want to lead you in with this more than any other wrestler. Rollins probably got the best scores for me because Rollins has no lower than a nine. Hmm, Every okay. other wrestler had a dip. Like when we talk about Roman, there's one, one, there's one spot on his on his impeccable re- resume that he's lacking in, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But literally, Rollins ten in look, ten in character ability, ten in ring ability, nine in specialty skills, ten in finishing move, nine in mic work, nine in presence, nine in versatility, nine in psychology, nine in media presence. He's the perfect wrestler. He is he ha- I think he has taken the mantle from Randy Orton of if you can create a perfect pro wrestler, who would it be? I think it's Seth freaking Rollins. So I agree with you. I have our number one guy a little bit higher. But let me just go ahead and say it here so everyone in the in the in the universe that's listening to this can understand. I think I agree with you. I think Seth Rollins is the perfect wrestler. I think Seth Rollins is probably if you had gun to the head, if you said who is the total package in WWE, I would probably count I would probably tell you Seth Rollins. That's and fair. I and I get a lot and I didn't even rank him the highest, but I I would I get a lot of Flack on the Twitter because I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan, mm-hmm. and and I get a lot of hate. Oh, well, he's no Omega or he's no Will Osprey. You're right, he's better than both of them. Good. <laughs> and here's the thing about Seth. Seth is he's a natural heel, so he's he's not he struggles a little bit on the face side to me, but he's so good. That being that the guy you just want to punch in the face, like every time he walks out, that there's just something about him. He's just this whole, like what he's doing right now, especially is he's just like, Oh, like you're so annoyed. And I like, you go around my house and you ask about Seth Rollins and you'll hear the same things. Oh, he's so annoying. Like every time he talks, he's just, Oh, and like the thing about another thing about Seth is he's in a phase right now, and this is where I think Kim and our number one guy differ. Is Seth is in a different phase in his career, I think, right now. While both guys have done it all essentially at this point, you gotta remember, Seth is the one who 
was kind of the first one of the shield that was pushed to the top. Yeah. Seth has done it, done it all. And with Seth, I think he's in a point right now where he's very interested and fine with putting over different superstars. You saw it with, he broke Dominic Mysterio into the business. Um, The feud with Buddy Murphy. He helped Murphy get over. Um, And recently, WrestleMania, he gave Cesaro that big moment. Seth Rollins is, he's done it all, but at the same time, he's giving back right now. And I think that is what makes him such like the per- the microcosm of what you want in a wrestler. Like we talk about guys like Kenny Omega and while Kenny Omega is great, Kenny Omega is right now is at the point in his career where he is the top dog and Seth is finding himself. He's not necessarily the top dog, but he is in a position where he's like an upper mid Carter essentially at this point right now. And in the position where he can help create new stars. And I think that's what they're trusting him to do right now while also allowing him to to be the weirdo Seth Rollins that he is, you know? And I just think that when you add it all up, he's probably the perfect guy in terms of just wrestling in general. That's probably Seth Rollins. I agree with that because, like I said, everybody else has fluctuations in certain groupings. And this is a cumulative list. So because of the cumulative scores, there are people ahead of him, but I think he's the most consistent guy. And you know who he's become? Who? He's become Chris Jericho. Okay. Yeah, okay. Chris Jericho in his WWE tenure was a guy who could be in the main event on Monday, could lose to the lowest guy in the totem pole clean the next week, and then the next week he could win the world championship. And nobody would care because he was so over and he was so consistently good that it was accepted. Chris Jericho was the antithesis of logic. <laughs> because he was so over and he was so consistently good. Yeah. So I think Ross got to that point because you said, yeah, he broke Dominic Mysterio into the business. The things he's done. The only thing that hurt Seth to me is that. And this is uh, actually you could say that you might be able to say the same about Roman um, is he was never able to have that defining face run. Now, he's had face, He's had moments and he's been a consistently good face. But in terms of like the top guy in the business, right. the one chance, the one chance he had to do it, they saddled him with his wife and she overshadowed him. Yeah. So. And I mean, look, that's good. Becky was a big. Becky was probably is a bigger star, um, but that's the only thing that hurts Seth to me is that he. I need to see him be the top guy in wrestling as a face before it's said and done. Yeah, and that's that's like the key. Like it's easy to be a top heel. Not easy, but it's it's you know, easier. It's easier if you're if you're great, you can be a top heel. It's tough to be a top face. It's tough. Well, it's really easy to make people dislike you because you have more freedom to do that. Yeah. And what that's what hurts Seth is that Seth has the perfect babyface arsenal. He wrestles like a babyface. But he opens his mouth and he says something and it makes <laughs> you piss you it pisses you off. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, can we talk about my tribal chief? Yeah, we can talk about your tribal chief. My tribal I rated chief, him higher than you did, so... You uh. did. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I want to talk about the one 
area he's lacking, he lacks in that hurt him. My tribal chief, your tribal chief, your daughter's tribal chief, whether she wants to admit it or not. <laughs> we got the big dog in the head of the table. Roman Reigns is number one. Of course, I gave him a 94. Carl gave him 96. He comes in at an average of 9.5. And so far, I believe that's the highest average of any of the two shows. Am I am I wrong? Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's the highest so far. Because yeah, Or- so Orton was number one in Raw. He was 9-2. Um, okay. Roman Reigns, and I know I just said that, says it's perfect wrestler. Roman Reigns is as perfect as it gets. You know his one failure? Let's hear it. Media presence. He doesn't give a shit about it. Yeah, he, that's true. He, he barely tweets. He barely goes on Instagram. He doesn't care. He's never cared. And I don't think that he should. But on this list, with this criteria, that hurts him. And he got a seven. And so imagine if he would have been, if he was good at media presence, he'd damn near have a full on 10. Yeah, and I actually gave him a little bit higher on media presence because he's been in some television shows and a movie. Um, okay, I got you. Sure. That, that's fair. That's fair. Because, yes, in that regard, not movie, movies. He's been in a few at this point. Yeah. Well, um, I was basically thinking Hobbs and Shaw, but yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That's and that's that's fair. That's fair. I was I was thinking along the lines of how does he promote himself using the media available to sure, him? Sure. And the answer is he doesn't. And so that and that goes to show like the difference between our thinking when we do these when we do these lists and what kind of makes it different. And the funny thing is, I gave him a nine and you gave him a seven. That's the difference between Seth and Roman being flipped. If I, ah. gave him a, if I gave him a seven, like you did, Roman is number two on this list because yep. Seth had a 95 for me. So <laughs> when you talk about that, uh, Roman is at the top of his game right now. Uh, best wrestler in the world right now, period. Agreed. Argue with your mother. I'm not here for that. Like, I mean, we could talk about it if you want, but you're not going to be able to convince me otherwise. Um, the current role he's in... In a lot of ways, it's probably the role he was meant to play. Uh, I know. <laughs> Literally. According, I mean, to, according to the gimmick, it's what he was born to be. I think that. I, I, I used to. I'm very. I was always kind of like against the narrative that he was shoved down people's throats and baby face this, baby face that. I understand it a little bit more now when you see just how good he is in this role. That said, I still, I have not liked Roman more than I have right now. Always liked Roman. Always one of my favorite guys, top, top five, 10 guys in the company. I wasn't behind him like in the way that maybe you might've been or other people are. But I always thought he was worthy of his spot. Like, there was never a point in time where I was like, oh, I'm tired of Roman Reigns, you know? But right now is the most I've ever liked the guy, you know? Love to hate, whatever, whatever sure. you want to call it. But he is. Appreciation in, of the gimmick. Absolutely. And, and this is, he is, this is the best he's ever been. It, to me, it's not even really that close. Everything he's doing, and he finally got an opportunity to like, give the fans what they've been wanting an excuse to boo his ass, a real excuse, you know? And I just think that he's really just 
he has fallen into the place where it's like, I don't know who is going to be able to not just beat him necessarily, but who is going to be able to like dethrone, take o- dethrone, take over the mantle of what he's doing right now. It just, it seems like he could be the champion for the next year and a half, two years, three years, like right now, the way it seems, you know? And so credit where credit's due, man, he's taking the ball and run with it. And you can't ask for anything more. Well, when you double pin two motherfuckers who are probably two of the greatest wrestlers in history <laughs> on top of each other in the main event of WrestleMania, yeah, you might not lose the belt for a minute. Well, he said he would stack them. That's not see, see, uh, see, Audrey, you want to you want a, a, a champion who does what they say, okay? <laughs> um, I want to speak a little bit about you. You you, you spoke you spoke a bit about Roman's path and where he's gone, where he's come from and where he is now. There's no secret. I'm one of the biggest Roman Reigns fans walking the earth. I've been a Roman Reigns fan since he made that very first appearance on NXT, the the TV show. I knew he was a star. And I think the people, the, the, the empire, if you will, I hate those colloquial terms, but, whatever the empire what you guys see in him now is what we always saw and so we feel vindicated because you guys are seeing it too and here's the beauty of it you gotta think i'm crazy as shit maybe i am but the the beauty of it is he hasn't done anything different you guys you guys just bought in because the presentation was different. Right. That the presentation was completely different. Yeah. And that goes to show you, but nothing has changed. He's speaking in the same <clears throat> cadence. He's walking he's walking in the same speed. He's essentially wearing the same shit, just took off the vest. He's wrestling the same way. He's doing every, he did, nothing has changed other than who he's wrestling. Right. But the presentation has changed because now WWE has pictured him in a way that behooves him to his to the fans. So when I'm, I'm bringing all that up to say, when I say that we what we see what you see now is what we've always seen, I'm giving it credence because again, nothing, very little has changed in who he is or his performances. Very little. So. Um, it's understandable for a guy. And what's funny is, in the last full circle, in the last total package we did, he wasn't even in the top ten. <laughs> because he needed to grow as a wrestler. Right. Now, you said it. I agree with it. We're, all due respect to Will Ospreay. All due respect to Kenny Omega. All due respect to so many others. Roman Reigns is the best wrestler in the world. No, I agree. And I think one thing we should, you bring it up, like you guys always saw it and that's fine. The the one thing that's interesting about that argument. And honestly, I think the worst thing, if I had to pick one thing about Roman Reigns that bugs me the most, it's not anything that ha- it's not him. It's the fan base. As it is with every wrestler. A lot of times their fan bases are so rabid about a specific person that like they can't accept 
a smidgen of criticism. Roman Reigns, as great as he is, was not without, was not beneath Beyond criticism. Reproach. You know, yeah. yeah, like, and that's the one thing I think that we as fans need to come, kind of come together on. It'll never happen. Is that no matter how much we love someone, right? It doesn't like they're like I'm a big Charlotte Flair fan. She's one of my mm-hmm. favorite wrestlers in the world, but she's not perfect. You know, like they're all they're, like she's in the title picture too much. She's not necessarily the greatest on the mic at times. You know, like there's things mm-hmm. about her that I accept. Same thing with Roman. Like he's had his moments where it's, it felt bad or forced. Like whether that's his fault, probably not. We have to remember that the one common denominator is a lot of times it's the presentation. We just talked about it. You know, mm-hmm. Roman, the reason why people weren't as accepting is because it wasn't presented in a way that made me care. Not me, but in general as a fan, sure, right? Sure. And sure. now you're like, well, holy hell, you guys could have been doing this all. You could have been presenting this guy as the head of the table, the tribal chief, like, and it would have been bought into more a couple of years ago. But right now it's a shame, honestly, in a lot of ways, it's a shame that this wasn't created, presented when fans were still in the building. You know, because he it was created while there were no fans. And so you're kind of like, man, what would it have been like? You're always asking, you're wondering, you know. And we got a taste of it at WrestleMania, you know, what it was like. And I just, man, like, I'm always going to be wondering how it would have went over had they done it differently. That moment when he's about to put Brian through the, through the table on top of the stairs, and he stops and looks at the crowd and, like, it's almost character PTSD because you see him almost like, oh, my God, wait, they hate me. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it is masterful storytelling. Yeah, it is. Let me say this in defense of the, of the Empire because you're spot on. You're spot on. Stands have gotten too bad that they can't even accept any the smallest negative morsel, even if it's, even if it's important – constructive criticism but in defense of the empire there has not been a wrestler since john cena and other than maybe john cena who has been as unfairly and ridiculously abused by by the fan base and his fan base on and on top of it as abused as roman as we as, as we have been people would tell me to my face oh well you must you must not care about wrestling or be a mark if you like roman reigns right and and so we were so abused that we got so defensive that now we are how we are. And I, it's it's not right. But the only other person that can understand that is, is John Cena. Yeah. Yeah. So no, you're a hundred percent. I don't disagree. I've always, and that's the, the beauty of me being kind of in the middle of someone who's always liked Roman, but was never like a hardcore Roman Reigns fan. Yeah. And now like, as I am a huge fan, but I'm able to kind of see like God, He's so polar. It shows how polarizing he is, where it's basically one extreme or the other a lot of times with him. Like, you, it's either if you fall in the middle, you just feel like a moron. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, I've, I'm definitely more, I'm more of an empire guy than I am a non-empire guy. Yeah. But I'm still somewhat in the middle just because there's other guys that I just have preferences for. And that's fine, right? But I am not going to say, I gave him the highest score of anybody I've given a score to. I'm not going to deny that the guy's the best wrestler on the planet right now. Nobody is touching him right now. That's not to say we're not, it couldn't happen, but right now, (laughs) 
It's your tribal chief, bro. Like, what are you going to do? Well, I agree with you, and I'm very glad you see things the way you see them. But I am going to say, just for the purposes of a tease for the next episode, there were two people that I, I ranked higher than Roman Reigns. And there's one that I ranked just as high. So, not me we'll looking at it right now. I didn't. But that's a tease. So you got to check the next episode for that. But for sure. uh, to recap, number 10, Bianca Belair, 8.85. Number 9, Big E, 8.65. Number 8, Kevin Owens, 8.75. Number number 6, Bad Baby, 8.85. Number, number, number 7, f- by the way. Number 7, thank you. I'm sorry. I can't count. Uh, this is we're, we're recording this at three o'clock in the morning. Not literally. Yeah. yeah number is. number six is Sami Zayn with eight point nine. Number five is Edge, eight point nine five. Number four is that scoundrel Daniel <laughs> Bryan with a nine point one. Number three is the Blueprint Sasha Banks nine point three. Number two is Seth Rollins nine point four five. And tribe the tribal chief, the be all end all, the best in the world, the head of the table. And the the undisputed, raising, defending, universal heavyweight champion, Roman Reigns, clocks in at number one. Acknowledge with a, him. With a 9.5. And please acknowledge him so 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 more NOIs can stop getting hurt. Yes, please acknowledge him so Jay Uso will stop <laughs> catching beatings every week. <laughs> For the, just do it for Jay and his family. I'm telling you, Steve about to get it. The, 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 he about to go get the, the Uso's little brother. Everybody can get these hands, dog. <laughs> Fall in line. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Um, this was probably the most fun we've done, one, one we've done, because all due respect to Raw, Raw has been a bit of a slog, and I think the rankings reflected it, but this... We enjoyed it because SmackDown has been so fantastic, and I can't wait for NXT because that's my baby. And more importantly, Carl don't watch it, so he struggled like hell. Yes, I did. And it's, it's going to be fun. But, um, of course, I'm at Israel Cash, R-E-Y as a Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Carl yeah, is that. Yeah, find me on Twitter at Outsider Curvin, K-E-R-V-I-N. Last thoughts before we go, sir. Oh man, I you know I'm I'm it's crazy to me because the show that I don't watch is the show we're doing next, and I feel like we've done the best two shows, you know. And I know you think differently, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing kind of how we uh, wrap it up here. Even though some of our scores aren't that far off, I think we still land in the same ballpark on a lot of these mm-hmm. guys. So um, really looking forward to it. Um, Enjoying the enjoyed the first three episodes, and uh, hope you guys stick around and keep listening because we got a lot more in store for you. We are two thirds of the Outsiders Edge with uh, Kyle Morris. It's at Outsiders Edge CS. We're a member of the Chairshot Media Group at Chairshot Media, where you always use your head and go to prowrestlingtees.com/slash/thechairshot and buy some merchandise. But uh, with that being said, you know Kyle isn't here. This is an Outsider's Edge episode, so we don't have the really spiffy ending. So we're just going to say bye. See ya.